When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Supernatural Circumstances, the podcast where we take you down the rabbit hole into the fascinating world of the strange, the paranormal, and the unknown. I'm Morgan Knutson. And I'm Mike Brown. And it's time to dim the lights, settle in, come along with us on this week's adventure. So what's the adventure this week, Morgan? If we claim it's an adventure, it better be adventurous. It is pretty adventurous. I think in a scale of 1 to 10, we're hitting at least a 10 here. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is one of my bucket list cases, first of all. Um, This story captivated my attention way back in the 90s when it first came on a show called Castle Ghosts of Ireland Mm -hmm. with Robert Hardy. Many people probably remember this little series. And it was the story of a fortress, not even a castle, a fortress called Lep Castle. Okay. This place, the only way I can I can put it is that this is a case of human horrors and unbelievable battles that ends in a really happy ending. Well, that's and good. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, what's interesting about this for me as, as a researcher, and I, and I think why this bears digging into is that as horrific as the haunting has been, as upsetting as the past of this this castle fortress has has been over the of the centuries, that even the worst situations when it comes to paranormal activity can be turned around. Mm. And to me, that's what this is really about. Cool. I like that kind of thing. It's not unidimensional. There's a bit of an arc to it. Yeah. And the entity and or entities, I should say, that are involved in this are really unlike many others anywhere in the world. Um, you know, we're going to be talking with the, the wonderful Vanessa Hogel, and we're going to be talking about uh, this this entity, this negative entity that was so terrifying, he ended up in multiple newspapers. Oh, wow. And yeah, over the centuries of various owners that had experienced this creature that left an indelible mark on their psyche and I think on the psyche of of the castle and people's interpretation of when they see this thing, what it brings to mind. So lep is spelled like leap. And it uh, is. Apparently it's like an Irish translation. Yeah. And it's a it's in a small county in Ireland called County Offaly. Okay. So very remote area and to set the stage for people that have not seen this thing, if you guys want to you take a moment and Google this, it looks like it almost looks like helm's deep if anybody's seen lord of the rings everybody's seen that (laughs) everybody's seen that right and those who haven't that's what you're doing tonight but you know in in helm's deep you've got these these vast stone walls that are just these these sort of blank slates with looming over those dark dark, dank ireland skies 
and it got everything, every possible disturbing secret about this place. It, it's as formidable as it looks, including something called an oubliette where people were, uh, were unfortunately executed in a, the longest possible way in history, I think. So for, for those who don't know, the word oubliette comes from the French word to forget. Yeah, a little place of forgetting. Yeah, people are just put there to be forgotten and there they starve, essentially, in the darkness, alone. If they don't hit the spike on the way down. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> this this place has a, a history, I think, unlike any others, and um, it's worth exploring, but the owners that currently have it have made this place a home and a peaceful, a peaceful place to exist and, and raise their kids, and they've done it in the most beautiful fashion that I I've I think I've ever seen and it's it's a lesson for for everybody who's who's walked through life in these you know hopefully not this extreme type of situation but uh, you know I, I think it's something everybody can take a, a lesson from cool well I'm looking forward to learning more about it oh well, let's do this okay So, Vanessa, welcome, first of all. I'm ecstatic that you're here because we're talking about one of my favorite places. It probably one of the key places when I was very, very young that pushed me into parapsychology to begin with. And, of course, we're, we're talking about Lep Castle. So thank you so much, first of all, for being here. This is great to have you. Oh, well, thanks for asking. <laughs> and you know it's my pleasure truly oh mike i'm telling you we're 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 in for a ride with this one. Oh, i'm looking forward to it i i've <laughs> only been to the united kingdom well i guess i don't know if that part of ireland is actually part of the united kingdom so i'd better shut up it, it yeah, isn't um the republic yeah. of ireland is different than um northern ireland which right. is uk yeah yeah yes yeah this is a little place called county awfully it's this tiny tiny little 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 spot but this castle to me has always stood out as something so unique and so intimidating but it's got such a like, absolutely fascinating story and Vanessa so you've not only written on Lap Castle but you've visited there as well and I like I wanted the audience to really get a picture in their head of this castle like this is this isn't like a castle from Disneyland this is like a fortress absolutely 100% it is. And the, but the beautiful thing about it is it's a fortress that is actually being resided in by regular folk. Wow. Yeah. But, oh, Sean is amazing. Him and his wife and his daughter, um, they're so unbelievably cool and sweet. And he's an amazing musician. He he plays the whistle, which is yeah. what they call something that's like a flute mm -hmm. over there. And um, he's played it for when, when uh, my friend and I went years ago. He played it for us personally, and then for the group, when I was the ambassador for Secret Ireland Tours, uh, he played it for our entire group. They cooked us dinner. Phenomenal. It was amazing. Yeah. In Web Castle. But it's, they have kept it as, as original as they possibly can in these day and times. Um, but there's one thing that you can't do. I would, I. It wouldn't matter if they had went in there and completely redone the inside to make it look like a penthouse in New York. You can't change the vibe. Mm. Yeah. 
you can't change the feeling of it. And the second you get out of your car, no joke, not even walking through the doors, the second you get out of your car and walk down the drive to it, you feel it. Yeah. It's got such an intimidating facade. The 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 front mic if you if you've seen this thing it's 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 very broad it's very wide it's very flat like this this thing looks like a wall wow and yeah and it was one of the most or considered one of the most fortified castles uh, and forts in it in, in Ireland it like, looks I mean, like a proper castle like when I think about a yeah. castle I'm looking at it now I this is the kind of thing that I think about for sure. Well, yeah. And you absolutely feel it when you're inside there because the stairs, just to get upstairs, it are proper castle stairs. They did not alter that or change that in any way. There's little alcoves off to the side of these winding stone stairs that lead upstairs into all different little rooms. And um, it's it leads all the way up to what I know you're curious about, and that's a bloody chapel. Oh, wow. Of course. Yeah. But before we talk about that, because we have to, we have, we're got to get into the bloody chapel because this, <laughs> the, no. it is, oh my gosh, um, the the level of crazy that has happened over the years in this castle, this is no fairy tale. You know, as, as much as this is a castle in Ireland, this thing has no fairy tale. Can we talk a little bit about the history? This, this castle was originally thought to be built on Druid land, right? Oh, wow. It, it is uncertain as to whether or not it is Druid. However, it was believed to be some type of area of worship, whether that would be Druid, whether that would be, you know, your Cardkillian pagans like myself, who knows? Yeah. But that dates back to 500 BC, wow. I believe. Yeah, yeah and this they, thing's they old. found physical evidence of that. Now, that is that is crazy in and of itself. Um, but what is even crazier, and what I don't think a lot of people realize, is when you're talking about, especially Ireland, it is an island. It is mm -hmm. not connected to anything. Mm -hmm. And it's the energy that has been there that long is still there. It doesn't leave. It's not going anywhere. Whether you're at Lep Castle or whether you're at Giant's Causeway or whether you're down in, in Cork or anything, you feel it. And you just happen to feel a larger concentration of it right there in Lep. And that, I think, has to do with the fact of, like we said, possibly built, they found evidence of it, you know, on ruins of something that dates back to 500 B.C., but also all of the heartache and tragedy and and countrywide war and everything that has taken a part on that soil and that that's the thing and that's what people fail to realize is they're like okay well you know what maybe the haunting only has to do with left no it has to do with everything that's happened on that land both before during and after so the castle that stands today was built in 15 in the early 1500s no not necessarily they they have actually found evidence that it is um that it could go back to the 13th century Wow. Jeez. Yes. yes. So that's that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you're talking about over 200 years or more of history that could possibly have happened with that castle um, that isn't even accounted for. It's mm. just 
talking about Ireland and going back that far with all the wars and the strife and the uprisings and everything else, records get lost, they get altered, things change hands, and it gets a little hinky. But they do believe that it goes back to uh, to around the 13th century. That's, That's a lot good. of history. It's incredible. And, and it kind of brings up the one of i think the 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 main feuds and possibly one of the main points of contention about this castle which was the o'bannons and the o'carroll family and this was like this was something that was a pretty major point in the castle history and the the o'bannons from from what i understand were basically underneath the servants of the o'carroll family and they were in they were in an out and out clash over a lot of things can can you talk about that a little bit well, the, uh, the 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 Bannons were like um, uh, not 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 like in like in servitude, not not that they weren't that, but they were underneath, like you said, the the uh, O'Carroll clan, and um, which I'm going to get back to something very interesting about that here in just a minute that has to do with with Ireland, but it it um, they were underneath them, but the infighting wasn't because of the O'Carroll clan that it that is my understanding it wasn't fighting between the the uh obanas and the, and the o'carrolls it was uh fitzgerald okay was trying to take um lep castle but was unable to basically completely take possession but was able to do some serious damage wow so it's not not fully taking it but yes doing some damage but he was unsuccessful in in the the actual taking and occupying of that particular structure yeah because there's been numerous fires there as well like this this thing's been under siege this was this was a war fortress yeah oh big time big time absolutely it was and if you look at the location it it, it makes a lot of sense you would think that it would be you know things that, that were on the coast that would be it but the thing is it was the infighting in ireland where this was at is in between places to get to. So if you kind of held on to that land, yeah. then you had easy access to north, south, east, and west. Mm. Whereas if you're on the coast, you've got access to that, and that's it. Yeah, so people were looking at it for, for the strategic point, not just the fact that it was like, oh, yeah, this is this is property, but it was it was a strategic positioning. Absolutely. As in all things war-related, infighting-related, civil-related, whatnot, it's all about, well, just like in real estate today, location, location, location. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's awful to put it that way, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And if you were to look at the land today, it's absolutely stinking gorgeous. I believe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ireland is a beautiful, is a beautiful country. And I mean, we've here we've talked about the, the castle on the outside, but let's talk about the castle on the inside because, like you know, we like we've been talking about this castle was it was built for war, and it had some pretty gruesome secrets, including something called an oubliette, which for the yeah. audience that if you've ne- if you guys have not heard that word, it it translates to a little place of forgetting. Yeah. So. Let that sink in for a second. Exactly. But but let's give them a visual. An oubliette, Absolutely. An oubliette is when you're when you're walking into a room that has an oubliette, you have no idea it's there until you find it 
and you look down and you thank your lucky stars that you are not in a time where if you even remotely irritated somebody that owned that property, they could just say, you know what? No one's ever going to see you again. And they toss you down this hole where your body lands on spikes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Loads of fun, right? Not really what I want to do on a Saturday afternoon. But that's but that was the way that things were. And don't quote me on this, but it was my understanding that 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 when renovations were going in and being done, and when I say renovations, I mean not making it to how it is today, that the Maybe level of bones that had been found over over time in that area was astronomical. If three cartloads is what I what yeah. I had understood. Holy yeah. It was un- Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, and when they dug it out, it might get a load of this. So when they dug it out, what was really disturbing is that in the load of bones, they found a pocket watch. Uh-oh. Yeah, which in the, of course, insinuating the fact that this thing had been in use like way later than what oh, people yeah. thought. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's not, that's not unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> Over there. It really isn't. Um, totally off subject for just a moment, but I stayed my second time in Ireland in a little town called Balladrine. And in one of the buildings there, this is no joke, in one of the buildings there, bodies were found inside the walls. Wow. Whoa. This building was only about 150 years old. Oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> That's amazing. So the O'Carrolls had the place from the 1500s into the 1600s. Am I right? That sounds about right. My Hmm. dates are a little weird because I'm not a math girl and numbers are math (laughs) for me. But that sounds sounds about right. Um, It's Ask ask me anything because I'm going to go off on a tangent. So (laughs) you ask me what you want to know. No, we we love it. Um, So... Speaking of 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 the Oubliette, as I say, like there, the, this place is kind of full of these, just kind of these dark these dark secrets, and it, so it it really is like it just emotionally is this the breeding ground for not great things, and the the bloody chapel, which is kind of where the Oubliette is, is that right? I know the bloody chapel, yeah, the Oubliette's like off of there, right? If you walk in to once you go up the stairs, if you walk into the bloody chapel. I'm having to put myself back into it. Um, it's got these beautiful, just just like a chapel with these beautiful, tall, um, arched or arched windows. Mm-hmm. And the oubliette is you have to walk all the way into it to the other side, to the to the far side of the room, to see that. Um, and and you you can only see it by by you know stepping over this little threshold and looking down and going holy holy crap. Uh, but, but yes, that, that's where it's at. Um, it's, uh, it's the energy that's inside the whole castle. Here's a strange thing. It's one thing when you walk in the front door. Well, first off, it's one thing when you walk down the driveway to get to it. It's a whole other energy when you're in the downstairs living space area. Then when you walk up the stairs and there's these little alcoves, whole other energy yeah 
upstairs bedroom, long table in it, little sleeping alcoves, whole other energy. Bloody Chapel, holy moly. Yeah, the Bloody Chapel for 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 you know everybody listening, it it has a it was named for a really really specific reason and it was named when one of the O'Carroll brothers actually slaughtered his brother who at the time was actually hosting a sermon. He was he was, he was, he was during yeah, he was a priest. It was during a sermon in the chapel, and both of them at the at the time of the war, they were standing on two different sides of the war. And it, right in the middle of the sermon, this guy comes. I think his name was 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 uh, Tig, I think, and he came running up the stairs and just attacked his brother with a sword. Yeah, yeah. He impaled him, and he and he collapsed right there. With, I believe at the pulpit. Jeepers. Did George R. R. Martin write the history of this place? I mean, right. holy smokes. It it sounds like a scene from uh, Game of Thrones. Pretty much. Well, and it really is when you attach the perceptions of the Bloody Chapel and Lep Castle with what people believe today and what might have been causing that. But there's there's a hiccup in their in in their thought process and their theory. And I would love to get into that because one of the things that you hear people always ask and you've seen shows talk about it. Yeah. And they talk about elementals. Right. Okay. And the elemental in the bloody chapel. Now I will tell you this, there is something up there and it did not care for me. Mm. And that is fine. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, the, some of the pictures when I got, some of the pictures oh. that I got the very first time I went, you know how you ex you expect some anomalies in pictures. Yeah. It could be dust. It could be anything. Sure. Um, these windows do not have glass in them. They they don't. They're they're open windows. There's no glass in them whatsoever. Please explain to me why I caught why I got neon purple bees, huge bees above the windows on film strange I, my name's vanessa go figure yeah right <laughs> huge and it makes no sense we've we've got to get into the the elemental because that's it the as i say that's one of the the subjects about this castle that i'm really fascinated in and and, re and really really passionate about and it was during so the the o'carrolls they called Lep Castle their home until it was basically yes. wrenched from their hands in 1642 by a, a guy named John Darby. And the Darby's fa the Darby family seemed to be, at least Mildred Darby, was seemed to be the first one to actually trip over this guy. Trip over who? The elemental. <laughs> okay. Let the less, okay, so let's go back to that. This is what's interesting. Yeah. Okay. We call it today an elemental. Elementals themselves were actually created, the kind that, they, that everybody talks about, Flip Castle, were created in the Renaissance by Paracelsus. Interesting. Yes. Yes. They, it, it is, or Paracelsus, I can never pronounce his name, okay, because it's insane. It's like five names long. Um, but he was a Swiss alchemist. And what he did was he took older beings found in mythology and change their names into the sylphs, the salamanders, the gnomes, and the undine. So I believe the un undine are water, gnomes are earth, sylphs are air, and salamanders are fire. So they're they're supposed to match 
the elements. But this wasn't until the Renaissance. Interesting. Oh, you see, you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet it's being tied to things that happened before the creation of all of these, of, of, of many of these issues. My theory is, is there something there? Absolutely. But are we mislabeling it? Right. Think about what we talked about in the very beginning about the possibility and the evidence of this being on abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That to me is way more frightening than something that has a name that was made up by a guy in the Renaissance. Yeah. It's, yeah, to me, like the the way this this haunting has always has always struck me and and many others is that it, when you you get a negative entity like this, oftentimes people will use what's in their either in their belief system or in their range of language to try to to try to put a label on it to try to categorize something like this. And these these entities, these these creatures, they just they often seem to be coming from almost like being birthed out of these places of trauma and what i find so fascinating i'm i'm going to read a, a little bit for everybody listening of the the account written um for the the kilman castle house of horror i'm going to read a bit of uh mildred darby's account here so that everybody knows the description of what what this thing it has has been been perceived as the thing was about the size of a sheep thin, gaunt, and shadowy in parts. Its face was human, or to be more accurate, inhuman in its vileness, with large holes of blackness for eyes, loose slobbery lips, and a thick saliva dripping jaw, sloping back suddenly into its neck. Nose, it had none, only spreading cancerous cavities, the whole face being a uniform of tint gray. This too was the color of dark coarse, of the dark coarse hair covering its head, neck, and body, its forearms were thickly coated in the same hair, so were its paws, large, loose, and hand-shaped, and it sat on its hind legs. One hand or paw was raised, and a claw-like finger was extended, ready to scratch the paint. Its lusterless eyes, which seemed half-decomposed and looked incredibly foul, stared into mine, and the horrible smell, which had, been, which had before offended my nostrils, only a hundred times intensified, came up into my face, filling me with a deadly nausea. I noticed the lower half of the creature was indefinite and seemed semi-transparent at least. I could see the framework for the door that led into the gallery through its body. So here we've got, to me, something that's that's almost pulling, it's it's almost pulling imagery from the space, which is which is interesting because there there was a a, a history of of leprosy in the castle as well. And I find it really interesting that it's almost it's it's mirroring bits and pieces of that history and its appearance. And it's I don't I just I find this case incredibly interesting for for that reason. So it, it's a I'm gonna tell you right now, first off, that description, which thank you for that because that's actually the first time I've ever heard that. Isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. It is. And it does not fit the description of any elementals. Yeah, no, it's it's some it's None. some sort of thought form or something. I don't but know what, what this it, thing is. Yeah, what it does fit is pissed off fate. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it it because it's they they can take on um, the quality of a shapeshifter, um, and when you're talking about a place 
like Ireland, you you have to realize that they are literally ingrained in their history. Sure. All the way back to the beginning of time, for the most part. Um, like I said, I've been to Morgan's Cave. That place predates the pyramids by about 3,000 years, if not more. Yeah. So, and it is guarded by, guess what? The Fae. Mm. You know, so it's considered to be the entrance, they said, to the underworld, not hell, people. Just be okay with it. Um, but <laughs> that actually would mind, feels to me more like that. And the energy would definitely, would yeah, definitely be really. something that would fit that, but not what we consider today and what they considered in the Renaissance to be an elemental. Yeah. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Sure. No, no, I, I think because because I agree with you. I, I think I think the 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 label that they've that they've given it and because and I for a really long time I was I was teaching um, uh, sort of social work and belief systems and stuff like that in post-secondary. And it was it was really interesting to me because so many of the people in my classes, because like they, they all came from different places and yet. And everybody had a name for this, the, like this, the same phenomenon, you know, stuff would go on and they would say, oh, it's this. And it was always something that their their culture fully explained. And then someone on the other side of the room would be like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. You, you've got it all wrong. It's actually it's this thing. And it was like everybody was kind of reaching for that for that that name or explanation like with within their culture and then the the belief systems that are within the culture help to shape the thing that they're seeing and we like we see that mike you and i we, we when we were talking to you, uh chad lewis about the wendigo you know and yep. here we had this 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 creature that people were seeing over a period of time and the way people were perceiving it was changing depending on which which beliefs and cultures were 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 being added into it and it it wasn't that it made it less real but it was it was almost like the thought form was kind of growing with the you know with the with the belief well, let me let me ask you something being being a teacher let me ask you something i'm just going to throw two things out there and i want your honest opinion on it one one um to me this is not a whole lot different than god Basically, whether you are praying to Allah, God, Persephone, or Artemis, or Zeus, or Poseidon, or, you know, even though Buddha wasn't God, but, you know, whatever, it's all the same thing, but perceived in a way that makes the perceiver comfortable, okay? The perceiver comfortable is something that falls into, like you said, their belief system. So to me, it's not a whole lot different than that. And it makes me wonder if these beings, wherever they may be, whether they're in Leth Castle, whether they're in Morgan's Cave or the Hellfire Caves in, in England or whatever, it makes me wonder, do they alter their appearance to be able to be translated by the person perceiving them? I love that. That, that, that would make them be able to be seen and be able to be uh, understood and and recognized. I mean, to me, it I believe the intelligence to do that is there. I, I would actually take it one step further. Yeah. I would add to that that it's not necessarily the entity per se, but whatever is within the range of the perceiver perceiving it. Mm. 
very nice. I think I would. I think yeah, because I think you're onto. I think you're onto it. I that just to me that it would be. It's so easy, especially nowadays, because everybody. I guess even back then, everybody has a different viewpoint on different things. So they see with the eyes they've got. That's the best way I can put it. But if you see with more than your eyes, if you're seeing with your soul and with your your third eye and how you process information, so you're you're more evolved, you're elevated in, in that case, you might see things a little bit differently. Not that the other people don't have that capability. They just haven't evolved to that station yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, we, we see we see kind of a, a general a general example of that when when we look at the people who do really well at say, say for example, um, like a, a Gansfeld experiment or a, a you know any sort of parapsychology experiment where you've got people you know that are are being tested for you know how well can you receive this or or receptive to this or how well do you do in an ESP test, you know, and everybody's really in a different place with it you know and the so the more open you are the better people typically do and the the more closed people are the more skeptical people are the worse people usually do it kind of lines up with with even even those fundamentals what i have found and and again correct me if i'm wrong or or just give me a different way to look at it um i have found that the the less open you are the more fear you hold mhm because yeah. it is when you're re- when you're really open, you're kind of like, okay, so this is what we're looking at. Mm. All right. When you are not open, you're like, oh my god, what is that? You know, it's just that. You know what I mean? It's just that you can't get past yourself, for lack of a better way of putting it. You can't get past yourself. Not that anybody is holding you back, but for for Lep Castle. It wants you to see, even if it doesn't like you. Because like I said, it did not care for me. And that's fine, you know. I didn't care for it. Look, Castle, I love. Bad boy up in, in, in Bloody Chapel, I wasn't a big fan of. But, you know. <laughs> but but I but I still respected it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not my home. That's their home. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we early on in this, you know, we, we, we mentioned the Ryans and like I, I just I find their their ability and their positivity to be so influential because we, we got to touch on that. Like it's so influential in where Lep is now because they I know they went through hell renovating the trying to renovate the thing when they when they moved in. Um, you know, the elemental it was not happy <laughs> that things were being changed so they they went they went through a lot of hell with that and they came out the other side in a way better place can we talk about them a little bit uh, absolutely any any kudos i can give to sean and his family i absolutely will um for one thing the biggest thing i think that has to be said for them is their complete acceptance of the area yeah um, sean is a little bit less um at least in my experience, he he's a little less um, to recognize certain things that go on there, but his wife and his daughter obviously recognize it. Yeah, you know, so it, he's more of the type of I'm not going to pay attention to it, so I'm not going to worry about it. 
which yeah. is fine and it works it's a great good attitude him. yeah it's a it good really attitude is. with this yeah it really is but the love and the care that they show that place the respect they show the place and anyone who steps through those doors as long as the person who steps through those doors shows respect as well they're completely cool with you know and they've done an absolutely brilliant job um they've kept it as like i said it's close to um or you know not original because you can't you can't live that way now but it's it's homey and beautiful without being modern and losing its vibe and they um they they treat it as such and that and that's what i want anyone that goes there you need to understand, yes, you're going there to investigate, of course. Yes, you're going there to observe and to feel, but you're also stepping into somebody's home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just the people that are living there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Because there's there's more than just this quote-unquote elemental there. There's, there's some other things as well. There absolutely is. A matter of fact, the majority of um, the activity that I felt and that I got when I was there both times was um, not so much downstairs, but when you're going upstairs and you're following, it's it's kind of, you know, like I said, one of those winding stone staircases and you are enclosed, by the way, for the most part, um, except for these little alcoves off of it, little doors and everything. But when you're going up, I want to say it's maybe, maybe like what you would consider second floor. There's an alcove to the left. And in that alcove, there was just a little, a little chair sitting there. It was the little stone windows. I cannot explain it. It wouldn't show itself to me, but it was in there. Oh, wow. And the only, and these windows, there wasn't any bugs when I was there the first time. This was the first time. There wasn't any bugs or anything like that. There wasn't any dust flying around. But I got, I got some stuff in photographs where I'm like, I took them like click, click, click you know, as fast yeah. as I could with my, with my cell phone, um, on like a one second thing and you can see it moving. You can absolutely see it moving. Um, not unfriendly, just cautious. Yeah. Interesting. And definitely a female vibe, definitely a female vibe. And I don't think that the caution was towards me or the person I was with. Yeah. I think they were just cautious by nature based on what they dealt with while they were there. It's so interesting because like I find I always find places like this and the the mix of the mix of different phenomenon and activity is and the, the dynamic between them is always really intriguing to me. And the dynamic between the people and the 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 phenomenon and like I know uh with the Ryans and this this I remember this story when uh I, I don't know if you you guys have have you guys seen um, Haunted Castles of Ireland that was done by uh, uh, Robert Hardy. This was like back in no. the back in the nineties, I think. Probably did. I'm fifty one. It was really <laughs> good, and it and it was it was my first introduction to Lep when they when they covered it on that show. It was really interesting, and I remember them talking to the Ryan's and the like the struggle that they had when they went in to the point where they felt that this you know one of these entities. Um, ended up pushing uh like pushing or he 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 or he sean ryan felt that he was pushed off of a a ladder while he was trying to redo the castle and he ended up breaking his knee and there was just there was this sort of 
battle that kind of ensued. And then the turning point for them was the when they were they were trying to deal with the bloody chapel and figure out what they were going to do. And their decision was that they were going to hold a celebration and baptism in the in the bloody chapel. And they said it, at that moment, it, things seemed to start to turn for them because they, they reassigned the association with that space. Well, and that's what needs to happen. And that's totally. See, and I want to I want to thank you for bringing that up, because I think we are. And by the way, with, with all of that, that would have happened literally right after the Ryans got it. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is amazing that they were willing to go ahead and do that. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can't find that. Um, but that's one thing that a lot of people seem to want to do. They want to go in and they want to cleanse the space. They want, which by the way, I'm sorry, y'all, nobody can actually do that. And I, yeah, I, I hear you. Isn't anybody off, but guess what? Guess what? I'm going to call a spade a spade. It is yeah. what it is. Um, but they want to, they want to say they can, and they want to try to do that. And they want to be all Billy badass and everything. And that's fine. But whatever happened to just saying, you know what? You were here first. I'm going to respect your boundaries. You please respect mine. And how about let's coexist? Because I know that your energy is is infinite, as is mine. Yes. And we're all going to have to to mix together at some point in time. So why don't we find some level of respect for each other? What What's wrong with that? Well, and I, th- I think you like you really bring up a good point because I because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in this, too. And it, it really comes down to your own what you are bringing to the table. And it's it. Mike and I've talked about this so many times that it's it's how you're coming into the space. It's it's where, you know, if, if you're if you're sitting in a sort of in an emotional frequency or where you're resonating with these things, you know, if you're in you know, anger and frustration and all of those things, you end up resonating with this stuff. You clean up, you clean up that emotional state and all of a sudden stuff starts to shift and stuff starts to change. And it's like, and it really comes back to the people. So I I couldn't agree with you more. You really hit the nail on the head. You actually just made me realize something that I didn't realize. And I'm pretty damn astute. Okay. And I didn't get (laughs) my first trip there was when it didn't care for me. My second trip, it was a completely different vibe for me. Interesting. Is it possible that my first trip there, it recognized my energy, I recognized it, and it thought I was going to be one of those jerks that thinks that I can go in there and say, hey, get out? That's possible. It's totally possible, yeah. Yeah, yep. And how, I mean, you know what? Shame on me if that would have ever been my intent. I think I think we're, we're touching on something that's so major here because this type of a anytime we, we you get this kind of a haunting um you know there there you can't go in and 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 fight your way through because it, as soon as you're putting resistance into something like this and this is the one thing that the Ryans I think have done so brilliantly is that they didn't put resistance into it when they came in it was like you touched on it at, you know earlier it was a matter of accepting what is you know they might not have been happy with what is but they were accepting of what is and once they were accepting of it and they made peace with it, then all of a sudden you start to see this change. And now in a place where you think this is unlivable, they're living a really, really happy life. And they don't, as far as I've read, they don't really see this thing at all. No. And it really goes to like goes to show what what the right 
attitude, energy, you know, emotional work, all of that does to a, a to a situation that looks so severe and it you know that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years and yet you can walk in today and it can be okay depending on you know where like if if you're the one doing the work you know what makes me sad is that there will be some people that listen to this that will be like well i don't want to go there if it's not going to be crazy right no, 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 let's, no, see, that's the wrong attitude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's not have that attitude because that's the wrong attitude. You know, it's, you can go in and, and get activity and feel things and recognize things and interact with the energy that is there. And it's completely okay for it to not be negative. Yeah. If I get no message across other than that. I will be happy. 100%. You know, because because that's where the understanding comes in. Yeah. You know, that's you you have and and first and foremost, I'm I have to say this simply because I love the people that own that house, okay? Cuz to me it's a house. Now, um if anybody listening to this does decide to go there and thinks that they're going to go in there and stir something up and then leave it for the Ryans to have to deal mm-hmm. with, please pray I don't ever find you. <laughs> because i'm not nice i just want to go visit i just want to visit a cool place you know perfect you would love it you would love it i still even been there twice i still haven't got to see all the grounds that i want to see and everything there you know um but it's just if you go in there with respect and to the ryans because I, i will tell you now they have i believe personally that they have kind of melded together the energy there and their energy and yeah. i believe that anything that is there now is protecting them as opposed to opposing them so yeah. if anyone goes in there and their energy doesn't mesh with that don't don't expect a happy time yeah you know and you know i'm, I'm not going to say i hope that happens because i wouldn't want to stir anything up for the ryans but you know you reap what you sow yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Vanessa, this has been amazing. And I am so glad that you were able to come and join us to talk about this. And we're having you back, just so you're aware. Uh, oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> we're telling you now. What... <laughs> I don't even know if I touched on everything you wanted to talk about. So if I didn't, I do apologize. Oh, gosh. We'll, we'll have to do another one because... Yeah. There's there's so much here, Mike, right? Oh, there's definitely a lot. I mean, yeah. there's there's so much to cover. Now, before you go, I want to know how to pronounce your last name. So, if- Bless your heart. Yeah, because everybody gets it wrong. It's Hogel. Okay. Yeah. And anytime you ever want to talk about Ireland or England or Scotland, I, I'm your girl because I've been there and I love it. And uh, I, I'm part Irish. So my yeah, I'm family- half, I'm yeah. half Irish too. Yeah. <laughs> my family settled Castle Pollard, Ireland. Oh, wow. Mm. Very cool. I actually got to go there the last time. So it was, it was a solo moment for me. It was pretty awesome. So that's, that's <laughs> lovely. Well, thank you so, so much for all of this, because this is, it's been so great and the conversation has been wonderful and yeah, we'll, we'll be doing this again. So, so thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you guys. And y'all have a wonderful evening. Okay. <laughs> you, okay too. you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
wow, what a story. I'm really interested about this place. It is obviously a place if I go to Ireland, I'm going to have to go visit because holy crap, what a fascinating place. Tell me more about the Ryans. I'm, I'm really interested. You said you wanted to talk a bit about them. Absolutely. This is the aspect of the Lep Castle case that has always really fascinated me because throughout my studies with hauntings and things like that, the human aspect to me is something that is often overlooked. And it's something, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but we, so many times people go into these situations and think this activity is asserted on them. They can't do anything about it once they're there. You know, it is what it is. Everything's sort of stagnant and stuck. And, and that's really simply not true. And this case, I think, and the, the Ryan specifically have demonstrated this so beautifully because, you know, as we've just heard from Vanessa, we've had this horrific history, probably one of the most terrifying histories of any castle in the United Kingdom mm. and and Ireland. And now we've got this family who has moved in and had this incredible baptism for their their baby and chose to have the baptism and the party in the bloody chapel with the, like the oubliette course it's been you know packed over with dirt and, and things like that but it's it's in the corner of the bloody chapel mm -hmm. and they they talked about how having that celebration having that peace and beginning to reassociate this space with love and joy and positive memories was really such a turning point mm -hmm. in reshaping how they were seeing this space and how they were interacting with it and what a difference it made. Yeah, you've talked a lot about intention as an important part of your experience with anything. And I think that's probably why exorcism works for some people. Yeah. Because they believe that they're changing their perception of the event by allowing something else in essentially. It makes total sense. And you're making such a great point because what we see in, you know, in movies and TV and stuff like that, it really isn't an accurate portrayal of the majority of exorcisms. Most of them, when you go back through history, no matter what culture you pick, is, and especially the, the exorcism in, the exorcisms in Catholicism and, and whatnot, they're actually done in silence and, or a lot of them are done in silence. And most of the decision-making that people are are forced to make when they are allegedly you know possessed by whatever is they have to decide that I no longer want this for my life. I no longer want this. And so many of the exorcists over the years have said it that is where the battle is is people that are really connected to these entities or that story of themselves being sick or ill or anything like that and they have to make the decision I am letting this go. I'm letting this toxic relationship go. And that's when there's a breakthrough with within the exorcism. So I, I think with, you know, cases like this, we kind of see again that sort of same, that pattern reflected back yet again. I'm blown away by all this stuff. And this is the kind of thing that I am really interested in. It's, it's not all the woo-woo and the run around with, you know, electric meters and try and figure out all this stuff like this is to me is the root of things supernatural it's about psi essentially yeah and and to me this is 
like you, this is where it gets really interesting mm -hmm. because it begins to answer a lot of questions about not only the world around us, but ourselves. What can we do? What right. can we present that is going to make a difference in our lives and in our environment? You know, what do these cases have to do with us today? Well, a lot. Yeah. Cool. Well, Lep Castle, very, very interesting case. It's phenomenal. And it's one of my, as I say, bucket list cases. It's, it's one of the first cases that got me interested in, in pursuing this entire world of parapsychology as, as a career because it, it was so impactful. And uh, it, it's, I, I don't think it's going to be the last time we touch on this case because there's so much more that, uh, that we didn't talk about. Yeah, for sure. So I guess people can Google in the meantime. Absolutely. There are so many resources. Um, the Lepcastle uh, official website as well. Um, they have got information galore. Uh, the research that has been done is, has, has been so thorough over the years. And uh, it's uh, Ghosts Abroad Ireland, which is Vanessa Hogel's book. Um, there's Lepcastles featured in there as well. So they can check that out. Well, thank you, listeners, for joining us on this eerie expedition. And remember, the line between the natural and the supernatural is often a thin one. Until next time, stay curious, friends. Supernatural Circumstances is a co-production of Entity Seeker Paranormal Research and Teachings and Good Egg Studios. This podcast is part of the Curious Cast Podcast Network. Theme music by Corey Johnson of Catalyst Records in Edmonton, Alberta. You can learn more about Morgan Knudsen at EntitySeeker.ca and learn more about me, Mike Brown, and listen to my show, Dark Poutine, at DarkPoutine.com. Feel free to email the show at SupernaturalCircumstances at gmail.com. <laughs>